And welcome back to Butter With That. Hello again, everybody. It's hey. been so long. Hello. Hello. All here, all in attendance. Full butter. Yeah. Butter fully loaded. Oh, yeah. Butter coming at you. Yes. <laughs> this keeps getting worse. Butter believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. And that's it. Well, you butter believe it. We've got a great episode for you folks today. Um, and we got a new theme, and I'm super excited to get kind of launched back for the next couple months into our standard format um, of everybody, you know, one person bringing a movie and then trailers and reviews, because it's been a while since we've recorded all together. Yep. Um, but what listeners can't tell, but maybe they can, is that instead of sitting on the ground, we're sitting in chairs. So let us know if, if we sound different. Mm. If our diaphragm sounds like it's supported by it's sitting in a chair. It's got to make a difference, yeah, for sure. Sitting upright, it's got to be better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in the big room today. Um, we've been recording at uh, <clears throat> a place that I like to call the engine room studio, um, mm. specifically Ooh. because uh, down here in the basement where we're currently recording every once in a while, in the winter the furnace kicks on and interrupts recordings and it sounds like an engine. But we've been recording in Engine Room Minor, which is my room, so we're uh, trying something different. <laughs> well, so maybe we can in, all take a comfortable seat. Maybe in the wintertime we can all just pick car movies or something, so that way the engine just makes sense <laughs> Feels in the background. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. I like it. Um, has anybody seen anything interesting recently? One movie or a book or a TV show or something? Yes. Yes. Um, I saw a really amazing episode of um, a short-run anime series from 2005 called Paranoia Agent. Hmm. Um it's really awesome. It was kind of like a very uh, Twilight Zone-y kind of anime. Uh, it was really, really cool. Had a really great story and really great um, like shot composition and framing and stuff. So I, uh, I loved it. Would recommend. I watched episode 10. I've not seen the rest yet, but I'm definitely going to check it out. So it's the type of show that uh, one would be able to just watch independent episodes and kind of get a sense of I'm told this story. one in particular is like kind of a one-off in the series, but the rest, I guess, tell a broader and larger arc and story but uh i haven't seen those yet i'm looking forward to it though because that episode was fantastic definitely check it out nice anybody else anything cool exciting fun i watched a really good film called little woods starring tessa thompson and lily james that was directed by nia DaCosta, and uh i probably will watch tessa thompson and anything that she does but um yeah, this was a really beautiful kind of small kind of indie picture set, I believe, in like North Dakota, right on the Canadian border, um, and just talks about a woman's uh, struggles uh, living in her small town. She was making money selling Oxycontin and has returned back and is trying to start a new life, but like is realizing that with problems with our health system, healthcare system, and um, the recent passing of her mother, that things are going to be harder for her to like figure out. Um, and both performances from Tessa Thompson and Lily James are so good. Anyhow, yeah, I think it came out this year or last year. Nice. I was just at uh, Chill and Kill, Tori's horror movie night this past Sunday, and I watched the Friday the 13th remake for the first time, and it was my first Jason movie ever. Really? Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Yeah. That's an interesting one to start with. Mm -hmm. It was really good. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. You have a lot of other Jason <laughs> movies to watch. <laughs> There's a lot of them, and they're mostly pretty similar. Yeah. I'm definitely doing Jason X for an episode, so get ready, oh, guys. No. That was <laughs> easy. It's great. <laughs> 
remember Freddy versus Jason. Um, yeah, there's actually some good stuff in Freddy versus Jason. There's some not so good stuff in that. Uh, yeah, but there's sure also is. there's also some good stuff in that. Uh, Jason has like a, a machete on fire towards the end. Yeah, it's I do remember amazing. That. Mm-hmm. Right around the time they drop a. An F bomb and not the fun one, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, you're just like, oh man, 2000s. I, ex- I like you didn't even get this from 80s Freddy, but we're yeah. getting it from 2000s Freddy. Like, what is happening here? Bummer. Anyway, um, I saw a lot of movies this week, but I specifically saw Crawl. Uh, which I was really, really stoked about. Um, it was the same director who did High Tension. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, uh, and he's done some other stuff too. I kind of forget if I have seen some of the other stuff. I kept thinking it was the guy that did the uh, Evil Dead remake because Sam Raimi was also like kind of involved in Crawl. So in my head, I just like thought it was that guy, but it's a different man. Um, it was really good. I really didn't think it would be like as uh, creepy and stressful as it was, but like basically the whole thing is that in Florida there's a giant hurricane and this woman goes to like save her father um, and she can't find him anywhere and he is stuck in the crawl space and has just been attacked by an alligator. Oh, um, and so then they're both stuck in the crawl space with a family full of alligators no. as the water oh, is rising. God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it is very, very tense. I. I jumped a couple times. I legitimately screamed at one point, which has not happened in a movie in a really long time, which was really cool. Um, And Garrett and I were just like clutching each other like very hard the whole movie. And at one point, my nails were definitely digging into his shoulder. So I tried to pull away because I was like, oh, I'm being too much. And then he just grabbed me back. I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So I've like haven't had that movie watching experience in a really long time. And it was so much fun. So, yeah. Are the crocodiles... uh... Uh, convincing real uh i mean they're definitely yeah. cgi uh but they're uh they're pretty scary uh the way they look and the way they like jump out at, at people and stuff um and there's some pretty like graphic uh deaths in that movie and like the mo- the water is murky the whole time so it's just like gross water mm-hmm. and so like you can't even really see where they are mm-hmm. There is a dog in the movie. <gasps> Just want everyone Does to know. Thedogdie.com. It's a horror movie. The dog, dog, the dog lives. <laughs> the dog fucking makes it. Okay, good. For I was them, worried I about guess. it the whole time. Every time the dog was on screen, I looked away, and the dog, the dog lives. So. That's the important spoiler that every movie. It's, it's just, it's just it's say a spoiler, at the beginning. But I think that people need to know about it before going in, go so do, they don't just stress over the dog the whole time like I just, did. Just before you go see any movie, does the dog die? Dot com, and then you're. You, I everything's know. That's a real website. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. It's Sponsor important. of today's episode. Does the dog die? Dot com. I watched the second season of Dairy Girls. Please watch this show. It is so fucking funny. Um, It basically follows um, five teenagers who go to an all-girls Catholic school in Ireland in the 1990s. There's four girls, one dude, so he's, you know, at the (laughs) all-girls Catholic school. Um, And it's during the IRA and everything like that. That's, like... It's in the background, and I really love that it shows, like, how life can exist even when, like, there's this, like, fucking intense, like, terroristic kind of thing happening um, in Ireland, and, like, they're growing up through all of it, but the sense of humor is just so 
fantastic there's a nun in it who is is my soulmate she's so <laughs> fucking funny because uh, she's so like mean and sarcastic and i love it so much so definitely watch it what can we watch it on <clears throat> sorry netflix. <laughs> it's on netflix <laughs> what can we watch it on netflix nice awesome uh you guys ready to dive into our movie let's dive Yep, our new theme. So our reunion theme is back to school theme. <laughs> Woo. Mm-hmm. Woo! This was actually kind of a hard category to pick movies for. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it would be kind of, and then you just realize, oh, there's so many movies that revolve around high school, college. Yeah. Um, and so my choice this week was the two thousand is the two thousand four classic Mean Girls. Uh, this was a movie I really didn't appreciate probably until this uh, specific viewing i've seen it a few times like in high school and college but watching it this time for you know review and talking about it on a podcast really made me appreciate just the structure of the script um appreciated the character arcs the theme uh the foreshadowing the setup it was just a really um kind of unbelievably solid film for what i thought was just kind of like a fun throwaway Lindsay lohan comedy um kind of your guys just initial thoughts on you know revisiting mean girls memories that you have of watching it or Anything it's like been that? A couple years, but I think I agree. I remember seeing it in theaters with my friend. I was probably in middle school when it came out, um, and it was like pretty fun. And I think even then, probably knew that it was like there's some stuff that's like a little bit smarter than I like was ready for. And so like watching it a little older has like definitely been interesting. So I've watched it like a couple times mm-hmm. now. That movie's great. It's like so much fun. It's kind of long, uh, but it is, long. It, it is like there's some weird pacing stuff in it that bugs me now that I'm an adult and don't want to sit through anything that's more than an hour and a half. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so glad you pointed out that out because it got to two thirds through the movie. I was like, most all the scenes that I remember have already yeah. happened. Yeah. What yeah. else happens I in know. this movie? And then I was like, oh yes, all of this. Yes. Yeah. But uh, But yeah, I love this movie. My trajectory with this movie is so interesting. When it first came out, I didn't want to see it because I was like definitely deep in that internal misogyny where I was like, anything about girls and and pink is silly and stupid and I'm not like those girls. And then I saw it a few years later and I was like, this is the best thing that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. in my life and it's so fucking funny. And then the the bigger of like an iconic film it became the more i started to hate it a mm-hmm. little bit where everyone was like it's october 3rd we don't wear or we wear pink on wednesdays and i've been like shut the fuck up <laughs> it used to be funny but now it's not and somehow i'm back to loving it again it's just so interesting how there are happens. certain mean girls references that i hear all the time where i'm just like okay guys really yeah like what um what's the one about like the kid the kid's name you go coco Yes. Oh, you for you, you go Glen Coco. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm just <laughs> like I, I don't care. Because there used to be such a big Tumblr meme about it, like five, six. Seven I know, years ago. and I like I just have a lot of friends that I feel like are still kind of stuck. Uh, I know where that's, that's like the still thing. their favorite movie. You mm. know, like they haven't. Mm-hmm really left our hometown and stuff like that. And like, they're weirdly stuck in even just like the stuff they're into. And so like specifically like, you know, some of my friends just like constantly referencing that. I'm like, guys, it's, you know how many other movies I've seen since then? We can talk about other stuff. It's like they're at the bottom of a cliff. You're at the top and you're like, let it go. Yeah. All the way down to them. Yeah. I think that movie's pretty great. I think it's worth hanging on to for the most part. Um, Yeah. I, I liked it the first time I saw it and um, have just like grown to appreciate some of the comedic performances more and more over time, especially like um, Tina Fey is really great. Um, Tim Meadows is really great. Mm-hmm. So one thing that was kind of fun talking to people about this movie was a lot of folks said that this was kind of their first 
movie of like, oh, this is like my first PG-13 movie for mm-hmm. folks who are like, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, 10, 11, 12, thir- like first kind of like going into like, oh, this is a movie with more like adult-ish themes than I'm also four years younger than you guys. So I saw some faces You're about well, that. More, well over four years younger than I am, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was uh. just wondering, like. PG thirteen didn't happen well, before you were twelve. My God! Well, I so I guess my first what I'm R-rated saying is, in terms of like, like movies with my parents were pretty strict about stuff like that. Maybe going to the theaters to see movies. That and movies with just like more like explicit sexual themes mm-hmm. than before, like other kind of PG thirteen, like violence. Yeah. yeah, I've seen violence. You know, I definitely saw Mean Girls with like a friend of mine and her mom. Like, I don't know if it would be a movie my mom would have taken me to at the time. Yeah. Like, I've heard several people tell stories of, like, oh, we watched this movie at, like, a sleepover when we were, like, 11, and then it was, like, a little bit awkward because we were, like, ugh, hormones and teenage, what is kind of, you know, because there's lots of, yeah uh, with the plastics and all that, so it was just kind of funny just watching similar stories with several different people that I talked to about, mm-hmm. like, their first experience with this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we dive into the reviews and the trailers, just a quick synopsis for folks who had not seen this movie. Uh, mean Girl stars Lindsay Lohan as Katie Heron. Uh, she was living in Africa for the first 16 years of her life, being homeschooled. Then she moves to uh, Chicago suburbs and enters high school for the first time. And then there's kind of this, you know, she has to navigate this world of cliques and teenagers. And, she, you know, the phrase girl world gets brought up a lot. So you follow her misadventures joining this you know, being a double agent for the cliques called The Plastics, led by Rachel McAdams, Regina. Um, and, you know, basically the movie unfolds of her trying to take down the most popular girl in school. Mm-hmm. And antics ensue. Um, who watched the trailer for Mean Girls? That was me. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I feel like the trailer for Mean Girls kind of shows, like Christine was just saying, like so many of those like scenes that like we all remember from the movie. Um, it's definitely like all of the like iconic beats and stuff. Uh, like when uh, Amanda Seyfried is a, uh, oh, what's her line? The ESPN one. Like I think I have ESPN. <laughs> like it's just all of those like lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also opens with Tina Fey like talking to the black girl like, oh, welcome to our class. And it's just like, she's not the one that just came from <laughs> Africa. From Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, But yeah, like it's, uh, you know, it basically like kind of goes over like, oh, you're new here. You have to learn about all the cliques and just dives into Mm -hmm. immediately like, oh, now she's friends with them. Now she's trying to destroy them because Regina like betrayed her and got back together with her boyfriend, even though she knew um, Lindsay Lohan's character like him and stuff. So um, one thing that there was something that I definitely wanted to point out about the trailer um the they talk about like the gossip stuff a little bit and how quickly stuff spreads mm-hmm. uh where they're like oh i promise i won't tell anyone and then immediately she gets a call or something and that really resonated so i'm like that's still shit that happens that's just how it fucking all goes. the time yeah which was just like very funny where i'm like oh yeah and then immediately someone's just like oh i know about this or the, the four-way or three-way calls uh-huh. yes yeah for sure um yeah, the trailer was fun to watch. Um, I tried to look up stuff about marketing, but um, between, like, um, it first off just being such an old movie now um, and the Mean Girls musical, it is very hard to find information about anything like that. Um, the stuff that did come up, there was, like, a an article that was, like, marketing lessons from Tina Fey's <laughs> Mean Girls, um, which was interesting. Um 
that they like talked like a little bit about um they talked about how this was an adaptation of the queen bees and wannabes which i had never read before so i don't know like too too much about that um it also like talked about how like there are lessons and takeaways no matter what even though there aren't a lot of black people and like it isn't about boys and stuff you can take something away from this which i was like you want to be saying in this um but it was like trying it kind of interesting how they were like talking like about the marketing mean lessons that were yeah it was just stuff that was coming up with like uh how this reached like such a wide demographic mm-hmm. and how popular it was because it did make a ton of money mm-hmm. um because it said like the grossing uh over 120 million mm-hmm. worldwide um, so it just kind of like went in depth into like some of that information, but I couldn't find anything specifically about the marketing for it. Uh, but the marketing, um, lessons from Tina Fey was interesting. So it's basically, it's just different quotes from the movie and trying <laughs> to find the lesson inside them. And, uh, I don't really know what the lessons were in some of them, but apparently people are trying to make that a thing. So huh. yeah, very, very odd. <laughs> Uh, Sam, how about the review? So I have three that I'm going to read. One is kind of long, but I promise you it's worth it. So this comes from Hannah Ryan. She says, I am fairly certain that there is not one young adult on Earth that hasn't seen Mean Girls. I'll also bet that at least 90% of those people have a favorite quote from that movie. Do you know why? Because simply put, Mean Girls is iconic. Now, when I say that it is iconic, I risk an attack from cinema snobs as they like to reserve a word such as this for films like Citizen Kane and Casablanca. (laughs) (laughs) Although this may make me more of a target than I already am, I think it could be argued that Mean Girls is the Citizen Kane of our generation. Uh, All right. Okay. (laughs) Also, like, fuck you. Like, not all cinephiles just like Citizen Kane. Like, I think she's talking about a certain kind of cinema. I know, but that doesn't totally feel like a thing that, like... I don't know. I'm fine. Whatever. Continue. <laughs> she continues. It is by far one of the best comedies ever made. Focusing almost solely on females, it demonstrates to a wide audience just how funny women can be. Unfortunately, among some people, there is an assumption that women simply do not make talented comedians. And what I love about this movie is that, refreshingly, this challenges that mindset and shows us that women are full of hilarity and that... And they are more than capable of creating a movie that is not only highly quotable, but also highly memorable. It may not be exactly a true representation of high school, but it is an interesting one, nonetheless. Girls can be ruthless, as shown by Regina George, but they can also be supportive and loving, as we see in the movie's finale, reminding us that women are not limited to being just one thing. Mean Girls is not only of the one of the most enjoyable films of the 21st century but is also one that explores the wonderful comedic comedic potential of women so i really liked that one quite a bit the whole citizen kane shit was just funny but then you <laughs> it's know. funny because it also just seems like you're not alone in your opinion that this is an iconic movie like this, you're not the only fucking person that thinks this yeah like fucking back up hannah <laughs> what you think you're so special uh-huh. you're like yeah a lot of people like this movie <laughs> i mean she has a point though no one's quoting rosebud everyone's saying you will get chlamydia and die like i feel like as far well, as when you are quote, quote, quoting rosebud it is always a joke <laughs> 
Um, okay, so the other one that I thought was really interesting that I'd like to talk maybe a little bit more about later. Mm-hmm. Um, this one comes from Jenny McCarthy. She wrote this in, not McCarthy, <laughs> McCartney. Um, she wrote this in 2004. Teenage boys might be sulky and thuggish, but everyone knows that teenage girls are superior when it comes to the refinements of psychological torture. Is that true? That's I I wonder about that. Because, you know, like... Hmm. I, I don't personally have this experience, but the toxic masculinity that I know exists. And that I, gaslighting bullshit is all psychological, and that is yeah. not a thing that girls do that much. And so, like, I wonder if that's actually true. Like, believe me, I love the idea that, like, I could kill somebody with words, but also, mm. like, I don't think that that's just a female kind of thing. Yeah. So well, I think it's trying to frame it as, like, how, the, how each sex deals with themselves rather than... Uh, interactionally or relationally with, with the opposite gender or anything, but um, I don't know. I don't think that's very accurate either way. I think the movie tries to tackle that idea, but in from a different angle of like the animal kingdom versus like girl world, mm-hmm. which I definitely mm-hmm. want to talk about when we get into a discussion of like how animals deal with problems versus how like humans and specifically like girls in these cliques deal with issues. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I didn't deal with like true psychological shit. It was mostly just a lot of passive aggressive behavior. Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to, to yeah. say is that it feels like this. What does she call it? psychological torture is kind of a stereotype that Mm. women have and i i just wonder if that is something that like is a true stereotype or if it's real so we can talk about that Mm -hmm. later but it's just something that like struck me kind of funny and then honestly it was really difficult to find anything negative about mean girls but one i found was from anthony lane from the new yorker he said i know he said i would be more amused if the topic of rich material girls had not been worn to a thread elsewhere Go fuck off. You can oh. say that about so many movies also. Like mm-hmm. it just it feels to me like Anthony Lane of the New Yorker. First of all, fuck the New Yorker. Second of all, um I just feel like the negative reviews I did see clearly missed the satirical point of the movie. Like, yes, they're talking about material girls, but God, it's there's so much more to it than just that. So I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Normally you can find some good negative mm-hmm. reviews, but they were all just like, you just clearly missed the point, bruh. Uh, Christine, thoughts on revisiting Mean Girls? So revisiting Mean Girls, I think my big takeaways are like a reminder of just some brilliant performances. Reminder of how wonderful Lindsay Lohan was. Like I really loved watching her in this movie, loved watching her in Freaky Friday, Uh, loved the parent trap and like I feel like I don't know what she's up to these days besides her beach resort and, like, I don't know, doing, like, swimming ocean videos. She's got a weird accent now and says she's Muslim. Okay. Wait, really? I'm pretty sure. Wait, I don't want to spread rumors about Lindsay Lohan, so check that yourselves, everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, like, she is wonderful. Rachel McAdams is so funny and Mm -hmm. really wonderful. Amanda Siegfried, Karen, I was like, that character is hilarious, and I think Amanda Siegfried nails like all of Karen's minimal lines that mm-hmm. she's given. This was her first film role. Um, well, cause, oh, film, okay, because mm-hmm. she was in Big Love as the daughter 
Uh, and she was wonderful mm. in Big Love, but uh, well, in that trivia fact I read was wrong. And well, first film, maybe first like film because yeah. that was a show. But uh, and Lizzie Kaplan, oh, so fun She's to great. watch. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely yeah. wonderful. So anyway, the reminder of like how, what a, what a strong cast. Tim Meadows is so funny. Tina Fey is wonderful. So really strong performances across the board. Um, I think the movie presents sort of these endure, interesting, enduring. Uh, insights into social school social dynamics that's that's interesting and like the quotable quotes like just remembering how much of this movie has been like pervasive like everywhere i mean the i can't help it if i have a heavy flow and a wide set vagina like just (laughs) ah classic lines um so yeah it was like a fun rewatch i think some questions i had that kind of linger with me are some of the sort of inconsistent tones in the use of like racial stereotypes, which mm-hmm. in some ways is supposed to present as as satire. Um, but some of the moments that seem intentionally satirical that are supposed to like highlight predominantly white, clueless suburbia, um, the movie doesn't go far enough to present many characters of color that have much to do in the movie. And so it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to go that far and like use stereotypes as satire give us some characters besides kevin on the mathletes <laughs> and the principal like to really delve deeper into like representation like basically mm-hmm. yeah but like i think that there are, are i would be curious to hear what you all think kind of about that but i think that was something that kind of lingered with me a little bit after a rewatch but I just, I mean, all my notes in rewatching it last night were basically just quotes that I love. <laughs> um, yeah. I think what year was this again? 2004. Yeah. Amy Poehler has some one wonderful line. She's like, I'm not like the other moms. I'm like a cool mom. She's like, happy hours at four. Anyhow, and even Anna Gasteyer, who I really love as a, a comedian, she was 37 while Lindsay Lohan was 18, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so... Kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking about while while watching it again. Well, thanks for that, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just ruined it. No, you're. Um, yeah, great points. Thank you um, so much for bringing all that up. I think for me, two of the big takeaways watching it um, last night was this movie is really successful on two levels. Katie as a fish out of water character was something I didn't really, you know consciously pick up on but that is such a smart way to do this kind of high school satire of like oh you have somebody she's 16 but she's never been in like a formal education you know um you know going to school every day interacting with other people so i thought that was a lot of the successful comedy of like she joins this clique and then they have to explain kind of how everything works to her and that felt like supernatural and organic and the idea of like you know this you know this theme has been done to death but the idea of like should you know who should you be to feel comfortable to succeed like should you fit in with the you know the most popular social circle to feel like yourself or you know i think self-identity i think is a theme that this movie handles really well on top of the idea of like how do animals solve their problems versus how people solve their problems and are they different are they kind of the um you know, similar so i thought that was just really interesting uh for the film to handle with because there's some great kind of like dream sequence isn't the right word but like when she's at the shopping mall for the first time and then she describes like the water fountain as like the grazing pool where like animals go to like to mate and to like socialize and then kind of transitioning teenagers into animals and that happens a few times throughout the movie oh my god i just remember the one united artists movie theater and there was a 
fountain right in the front of it. And that was the place where, like, you'd get dropped off by your parents, like, kind of just off of the corner and be like, all right, bye. And then you'd, like, run over to this fountain and then just sit. I'd sit with, like, two friends. And then I didn't – I was too scared to talk to anyone, so I would just sit by the (laughs) – by the fountain and just like watch people (laughs) yes i yes (laughs) that was there was no um not much social interaction in my movie middle school movie experiences (laughs) but that fountain reminded me of the gathering place where Mm -hmm. kids would go and be awkward do you guys feel like this movie does a pretty good job of like representing you know mid-2000s kind of high school life like do you think does a good job of that or it takes it a little too kind of like move Hollywood world a little bit like how do you guys feel about that I mean yeah it's it's very very Hollywood like I mean we there were like cliques at school and stuff but it's nothing like that extreme or like Mm -hmm. that like divided that Mm -hmm. I ever felt either so it's like I was thinking about that whenever I see movies like this I'm always just like yeah there's like parts of that but it's always like amped up to 11 where it's like oh like if you're in band you could never fucking talk to someone that was on like any like sports team at school like I was like part of like you know like the emo goth like punk group of kids but it's like we still talk to like other people the fucking student president used to like sell weed to like my friends so it was like like the dude who is like you know Mr. like straight A's like super popular was also like a like the school drug dealer and stuff so it was like you know there's stuff like that where I was like I don't know there was never that like division I also don't think I could like could think of anyone who would have been like equivalent to like the plastics in my high school or anything but we also had a big ass high school Mm -hmm. so like I don't know like how like different that like makes stuff like this like maybe if smaller schools like have more I don't know yeah I went to a really really large high school also and it wasn't really that kind of vibe yeah Hmm. i went to an all-guys high school and so it's just interesting how there are kind of just some similarities in terms of like the clicks that get set up it's definitely heightened for the movie but who are the plastics at your all-boys school oh god um it's a great question (laughs) um not i don't know the sports teams were not that great when i was there after i left then the football team won like tons of high school like statewide championships and whatnot so i think from what i've heard from people who work there like that's going to become the more popular one um theater was really popular because we were just like just putting on tons and tons of just like really good shows um so theater surprisingly was kind of like a pretty popular click um soccer was probably a big one too so it's just kind of funny looking back and like oh there were you know some clicks this definitely is heightened but this definitely feels on for me a lot of like high school nostalgia. Mm. Like what was it like, you know, back then? Yeah, that's interesting. The notion of like recreating a memory that ne- wasn't necessarily accurate, but sort of a, sh- a movie that's so widely known, creating this sort of collective memory of maybe an experience that you'd have some necessary suspension of disbelief to like fully buy, as Tori was saying. Mm. It's like heightened to the Hollywood level <laughs> as far as how yeah. people in- interact with one another and what kind of yeah especially the way the movie like ends i'm like oh that would be nice if if everyone found like where they were actually comfortable in high school but like that doesn't happen for most people (laughs) until they're older if if it does happen so i think that's a great point that there's this closure at the end of the movie that seems on i think kind of the most unrealistic Mm. part and i i i I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that there were elements of how people or like of sort of those social dynamics that 
somewhat, I think, mirrored like a high school or middle school experience that I had. But the idea that suddenly at the end of a year, everyone's found like mm-hmm. they're good friends and that everything is okay mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. It's like, right. No, it's like. Everybody becomes homecoming king and queen or whatever. Oh, right, right. We all share the crown. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely kind of sappy. But I think the ending, I think it just puts a really nice bow on um, Lindsay Lohan's character arc throughout it. Because I think true. her journey of like naive person just coming in and just wanting to make friends and then like nobody wanting to be friends with her um, until um, Janice and Damien kind of start to befriend her. And then the plastics want to bring her into their um social circle and so i think for i just love seeing her transition of like she's wearing just like normal plain clothes and i think like adding more makeup adding different clothing i think her transformation um throughout the whole movie even though it is a little longer i think kind of keeps the pace up which only starts to fall apart i think probably in the last you know 20 ish minutes it feels like they could have resolved um a lot of that movie sooner but one reason why it's extended is that there's the burn book which is what regina george puts everybody mostly girls some guys yearbook photos and writes like really terrible things about them and she photocopies all of it and blames um Lindsay lohan's character on creating it and even though that's what extends the movie an extra like 20-ish minutes i think that's some of the best stuff of like just airing everybody's dirty laundry and everybody kind of coming together and tina fey uh tim meadows who's the principal is like i can't handle any of these girls problems <laughs> tina fey you take <laughs> you take care of it as the like the one female teacher in the whole movie. Mm. Um, and I think that's just like, I think a super heartwarming scene of like everybody trying to like come together and like air grievances and to um, try to create unity. Cause there was a lot of, you know, disunity. And I, I feel like I'm getting really sappy about this movie, but mm-hmm. I think the themes that it sets up, you know, it does super successfully. And I think one thing that really helps the satire is just these over the top characters, like um, Regina's mom, Amy Poehler. I think it's just one of the funniest kind of bit characters in the movie. And it keeps returning to some of these, um characters from the burn book and i think this you know tina fey just says as the screenwriter a great job of like populating the world with these interesting figures that they keep returning to over and over again Uh, any thoughts on like the side characters of the movie or any memorable ones that you liked a lot i love the adults Mm -hmm. i think they're largely portrayed as like not knowing how to deal with their like teenage children or students which is really funny but they're but but still having elements of compassion of understanding i feel like in other uh movies teachers are sometimes positioned as the will never understand completely removed from what's going on Mm -hmm. within a student body Mm -hmm. and i think i think there is a kind of a nice reconciliation not only among students but like seeing teachers as an integral part of like resolving issues like beyond like the educational aspect of it like actually trying to like create a better like emotional (laughs) environment for for the students yeah yeah i mean maybe it's a generous characterization Mm -hmm. i know i'm I'm being mean i had so many wonderful teachers i think that would do the same (laughs) thing (laughs) so yeah but I feel like a lot of times in high school movies I can think of, it's like the teachers are completely clueless and will never be able to. I'm trying to think of a specific one. Oh, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, am I misremembering this? Is her dad the guy that plays the janitor on Scrubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil Flynn. <laughs> um, this movie also, I think, 
touches a lot on, as you brought up, Christine, like teachers and parenting as well, um, because they've just um, Katie's mom and dad, you know, were doing I forget exactly what they're doing in Africa, but I think like outreach work, duologists. Um, and so <laughs> he tries to ground her and he's like, I think it's called yeah grounding you're grounded for you know a couple days and then the mom comes back and she went to um like the mathletes competition and her mom is like where's where's katie it's like oh she went out it's like but she's grounded does that mean she can't go out (laughs) so i think just comparing her parents versus regina's parents and i think the upbringing that both of these um kids were raised in of regina's mom basically letting her do whatever the fuck she wants Mm. getting anything um she comes in as she's like making out with her boyfriend is like oh if you need condoms if you need food if you need anything let me know i'm here um just super interesting thinking about like the parenting styles of like of how these two kids were like brought up and who they were within the school because it just it reminded me of just like how you know going over to my friend's house and like thinking about the rules that their parents set up some parents had like super strict curfew other parents mm. had no curfew at all like damien says it's 1 a.m you know it's curfew and Alyssa and i were like that's really late for curfew like one in the morning yeah my mom had like me on like an eight o'clock curfew until i was 17 yeah we had some issues <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i ever had a curfew because i just didn't go out because my high school i lived in jersey and then drove in or bust into philly so none of my friends really lived near me so i had no reason to like go out at night because none of my friends like lived within oh, like, a, like 30 minutes of me from yeah that's yeah because that was like a thing i had to do in college like mm-hmm. i commuted and like mostly still hung out with my high school friends but it's weird to think about like not being able to hang out with your high school friends who were just like living in the same area as you yeah, really only till end of junior year going to senior year when everybody was driving. Could mm. we like actually hang out on the weekends before you have to like coordinate with our parents to pick us up, drop us off. Yeah. So, you know, I had friends probably within a, you know, 30 mile radius of my home. Awesome. Well, any other kind of thoughts on Mean Girls on, you know, we're starting our back to school month. Any other kind of things you really liked about this movie or wanted to chat about? One pairing of lines that sticks with me uh, every time I watch this movie is... Um... And I think uh, I forget, don't recall who this is between is Tim Meadows talking to the student body and just like finally coming to the breaking point and just shouting to all of them in the auditorium like we will keep you here all night if we have to and then someone walks up we can only legally keep them here till four I will keep you here until <laughs> four that's one of my favorite uh, that's a really great uh, really great delivery and all really I remember is he's so funny but I can't remember any of his lines because it's been so long since I've seen it he's really good in it yeah. and he actually broke his wrist while they were producing the movie which is why he supposedly has carpal tunnel oh. <laughs> he has this giant cast on yeah. his hand the whole movie um, Tina Fey's great um, she brings a real like pathos and like rounding element yeah, to, the, to the story um, uh, I think the younger actresses really really bring some Really great performances. I mean, they're all really, really solid, really believable within their individual characters. They each embody them very, very well and very convincingly. So, uh, yeah, wall to wall. I think it's I think it's a really smart and really funny look at um, kind of the kind of built in cliches of clicks. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a, an almost like extension of uh, movies like The Breakfast Club or something that seek to observe and dissect that. But I think it takes it to higher levels of comedy that are very mm-hmm. good. Yeah, like, I like what you say makes, like, a, a lot of sense, too. Because when you think of, like, the cliques in general, it's, like, everyone in that clique is, like, pretty indistinguishable from each other. Mm-hmm. But, like, the plastics all have, like, a very distinct personality, which yeah. is, like, kind of cool. Yeah, it was nice to see. Yeah. 
Uh, one last note I wanted to end on was that this film was really the starting point for several people and their careers becoming pretty huge. Rachel McAdams being one of them. Um, yeah. The Notebook came out in 2004 as well. Mm. Uh, and then she was in Wedding Crashers in 2005. The Family Stone also in 2005. That's a big few years. Time Traveler's Wife in 2009. She was in both Sherlock Holmes movies, Midnight in Paris, True Detective. I believe she won an Academy Award for Spotlight in 2015. True Detective. Oh, season two. It's Boy, season, season two sucks. Yeah. But, I, didn't, but I didn't watch season yeah, two yet. Yeah. I haven't seen season, season two either. Two indefensible. Um, she was in Doctor Strange, and then most recently Game Night, which I think is a really wonderful comedy. I've that, heard that's really good. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to pick it one of these months. Mm, cool. Um, Amanda Seyfried, this was really her first movie. I guess she was in TV before. Um, she was in Veronica Mars after this. Mamma Mia was probably her big breakout performance. Oh, yeah. Um, she was in Dear John, Jennifer's Body, the Les Mis movie. I guess she was also in the Twin Peaks final season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Um, and Lizzie Kaplan, who played Janice, she's been in <laughs> tons of TV. Um, and then she was also in, it looks like Cloverfield was the biggest movie after Mean Girls mm-hmm. that she was in and has done mostly teen, um, TV work since. She's in Party and then, Down. That show's great. Party, oh, Party Down's Down. so good. Yeah. Yes. Adam Scott is so funny on that show. And uh, Jane Lynch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. heard of this show. Oh, it's so good. <gasps> Check it was it out. Showtime? <clears throat> I think it was Stars. Stars, yeah. It's all about like people that work for catering companies. Yeah. It's, really, it's very <laughs> and, good. And like, Adam Scott's this like really just like pissed off, failed actor. It's so great. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Um, and the last person I want to bring up was Lacey Chambert, <laughs> who played um, Gretchen Wieners. And she has Lacey been in. Lacey Chabert. 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 Couton, Timothée Couton. <laughs> Testing. Um, Chabert, she was in 17 Hallmark movies, including. 17. 17 to date, Hallmark, as of this recording. Holy crap. Um, and in a movie that is near and dear to my heart, Christian Mingle, the movie. Oh, She's, she was great, too. Mm hmm. Uh, there's some scenes where it's like close-ups of her face and she's just like about to spill all of the secrets that she holds in her hair or whatever. <laughs> and I I felt the tension ramping up as I'm hearing her like start to just divulge secret after secret and then look as if she's about to burst into tears. And I was like, that is one of the most convincing performances I've ever seen. I love intensity. when they're doing like the the trust thing and she's just like, I'm sorry that everyone hates me because I'm popular. Yes. And Amanda <laughs> Seyfried's the only one that's like, I'll hold you. <sighs> oh, yeah, she's really funny. And she's really terrible in Christian Mingle. But I don't know if that's her fault. But that's also funny that she has found her niche because yep. I assume you can make decent money on these like, you know, fucking Hallmark movies. Yeah. I think this year I heard that they're trying to come up with like a record amount of like Christmas Hallmark movies. Oh God! I know. Ugh. Yeah. But good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lacey Chabert. Is that- hey, she's making more money than us. So. Than I ever will in my entire life. Yeah. Um, so Christian some- Mingle will pop up someday. Oh, it definitely will. Um, just uh, and then some last trivia. If you guys need uh, actors for Christian Mingle the movie part two, <laughs> call us up. Be in it. Um, Lindsay Lohan was actually originally cast as Regina, but they but she wanted to play the nice girl, so then right. they had mm-hmm. her be Katie. Um, and then this is also her first non Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Mean Girls. Wow. So I thought those were just two interesting kind of fun facts to wrap up on. In the big leagues. <laughs> and she hasn't well, done Disney's. <laughs> Disney kind of owns like our life. <laughs> Just wait till she plays like Doctor Doom or something, and, and see you. Oh I want to see more from Lindsay. I really, I I miss her, but 
I guess I'll have to find out what she's doing. I guess I hope she's doing okay. I don't know. I wish I don't know if I miss Lindsay that much. I miss like Amanda Bynes because she was so funny for such a mm-hmm. long period of time. That's a person that I was like, oh, I didn't think you were gonna go downhill. That got you real know, dark. got real dark and weird. Yeah, yeah. and it did Amanda not make too. sense to me. Well, yeah. I mean, like she has a mental illness that was left untreated, and it just surfaced. that was part yeah. Of it, yeah. It was just it was like a big part of it. It yeah. was just a thing that like didn't seem like it like always felt like she was like one of the normal ones that got out of like the shit that so many other mm-hmm. actresses like her and like Lindsay and stuff like ended up like going through like you were like oh yeah Amanda Bynes is still like really good and like doing really well and then you're like oh nope she she's got shit too all right yeah childhood actors and fame yeah all right so that wraps up our <laughs> Mean <laughs> Girls discussion um, thank you so much, guys, for all the excellent points you brought up. And we're going to take a quick break and be right break and be right back. Well, I, sorry, one more. I just remembered this line when uh, Kevin is asking uh, uh, K- Katie to be on the mathletes, and he goes, "We get twice as much funding if we have a girl on our team. <laughs> That's the only reason they need her on the team." <laughs> Anyhow, and she ends up winning it for them. All right. It has no limit. <laughs> <laughs> That was a solid impression. I love math in movies. Like when people are solving equations and like there is a math lesson on the board and people are just spouting out just all of this math I'm just a janitor, dude, but look what I can do over oh here. Oh my god, yes. There's a really got some goodwill over here. <laughs> There's a really apples? funny episode, Beautiful not episode, uh, part in uh, Hobbs and Shaw uh, where they go to like get help fix this like, you know, fucking important like technological device. And so they go to uh, Hobbs's uh, brother who is just a mechanic who, like, runs this car place, and then all of a sudden he can do all these equations, so he's writing on the board how to fix this, like, top-secret weapon, and you're like, what? Are mechanics and, like, like physicists and stuff just, like, the same? Like, what is this that's <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> Some complicated cars. Oh Damn. God. Yeah. Well, speaking of complicated cars, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Ooh, tell me more. Vroom, vroom? Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's, get, let's get hop in the woo-woo wagon. In case you're wondering, the plastics broke up. Regina's spine healed, and her physical therapist taught her to channel all her rage into sports. It was perfect, because the jock girls weren't afraid of her. Karen used her special talents to do the morning weather announcements. Hi, this is Karen Smith. It's 68 degrees, and there's a... 30% 30% chance that it's already raining. And Gretchen found herself a new click and a new queen bee to serve. My Yunya, Yungi, Kunyojin, Aaron went to Northwestern, so I still get to see him on weekends. And me? I had gone from homeschool jungle freak to shiny plastic to most hated person in the world to actual human being. Hey. All the drama from last year just wasn't important anymore. School used to be like a shark tank, but now I could just float. Regina! Finally, Girl World was at peace. Check it out. Junior Plastics. And if any freshman tried to disturb that peace, well, let's just say we knew how to take care of it. 
And we're back from our break. Um, we haven't done this in a while, but I figured this would be a great movie to bring back the character quiz segment. With um, uh, Apparently with a range of options, it was a good choice. <laughs> um, so you can find this on BuzzFeed. This is the quiz by Spencer Althouse. If you just Google Mean Girls quiz, it'll be like the second option that comes up, the first BuzzFeed one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who would like to go first with what character they got? I'll go first. I got, and this is how it, how it writes it, the kid who farts a lot. <laughs> yes. all, all it says is pop some Tums. Yes. <laughs> he gets a Steve, great what did moment. You answer? He does. <laughs> I don't know. I, it must have been like the scotch and no sports or something. I don't know. There's like this like slow smile that he gives <laughs> at one point. It's so good. Talk about comedic timing. They gave that kid his moment, and he milked oh, it for all it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, who's <laughs> who can follow that up? Um, I got Aaron Samuels. You're incredibly sincere and cool, and you've got a solid group of friends who absolutely adore you. Your hair also looks sexy. Pushback. Ooh. You know what? Your hair does look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I really do have a solid group of friends. <laughs> um, I got Miss Norbury. Uh, you're loyal and a hard worker despite life's curveballs you truly want the best for people and you'll push them because you know what they're capable of maybe one of my favorite scenes with her is at the very beginning with Tim Meadows when he's like oh Miss Norbury how was your summer it's like well my divorce is finalized like I got my carpal tunnel came back (laughs) just a great little (laughs) interplay between them Christine, who are who are what mean girls character are you? I got Janice, but I don't know why because all my answers were like I like to drink Cosmos and eat chocolate. <laughs> just like, Wait, Christine, you drink Cosmos? Is that your? I don't know. Drink Cosmos. Beer would be your choice. I, I saw it. I was trying to be like, just go with your first instinct. That ends our streak of Sam being the one who is the only different one. Maybe I'll come back one day. There's oh. just such a wide variety of options. I was <laughs> I was so happy with the amount of options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one for I just took it again just for fun, and one time I put the um, hot dogs as your favorite food, and then I got the girl who says that she made out with a hot dog. So I bet if you pick that one, it all, same answers. That was the only difference. And it yeah, doesn't matter. That's that's the big qualifier. You can drink as many Cosmos as you want. <laughs> if you like hot dogs. Person that eats hot dogs. <laughs> I feel like she looked very familiar. I, I'll have to look that up later. Anyhow, keep going, Connor. Sorry, we're in an actual crawl <laughs> situation now. The gators are coming. Uh, all right. It's been a while, but our whiteboard question for this episode is, if you were a kid again, what would be your top three back-to-school supplies? It's one of my, it was one of my favorite activities before going back to school. All the fun options, maybe a new backpack, if your backpack mm. was getting worn mm. and torn mm. last school year. So anybody can have any things that they would you know, remember Definitely need to pick up. Binder. Mm-hmm. The binder. The pens. Mm-hmm. Slash notebooks. And then the fucking fabric book covers. Mm. You have to go early to get the Ooh. good ones. The stretchy ones. The stretchy ones. Yeah. For the longest time, my oh. mom used to cover my books in... Um, Paper bags? Paper bags. Yeah, my mom did, did too. Mm-hmm. Oh, for my science class, though, to be cool, she wrapped it in tinfoil, <laughs> which fucking oh, yes. ripped off after awesome. a day. That is amazing. <laughs> because it's tinfoil and I'm sticking it in a bag. Aww. 
I think my dad tried to figure out how to wrap it with brown paper and it just did not go well. So he just we just went out that night and bought. Like, Does anyone remember they used to like sometimes have just like these like paper ones at school yeah. that you could like take home with Mm-mm. you that had like, I don't know, logos and stuff on it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. I don't remember that. But those stretchy ones were. Those ones, what's up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd last you most of the year. Can we talk about how fucked up it is that, like, the reason why we had to get those is to protect the books and we would have the same textbook for 20, 30 years? Mm. Like, I had a history book that was straight up missing a, a full chapter. <laughs> but my favorite thing is, like, when you'd be on a page and it's like, go to page 361 and you go to page 361 and it's like go to page 16 you go to 16 then it brings you like down this whole journey and then finally it's just like you're a fucking loser and you're like yeah i am i am or the fact that texts that kids are supposed to read just don't change and it's like people learn the same thing for 25 years Mm -hmm. and you're like this is what's wrong with society yep Nowadays, everybody has Chromebooks and laptops at their school. Gives I them. loved reading people's annotations or mm-hmm. like what yes, they highlighted. Right? Yeah, there's Dicks so much everywhere. So oh, everywhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. <laughs> did anyone else get milky pens? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were okay. Oh, you oh, bet I did. They were okay. Tell What's me what you didn't pen? like about the milky pen. Well, milky uh, pens were like a type of gel pen, uh, but okay. they were like milky, milky. colors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sparkly? Weird. yeah, it wasn't metallic or sparkly. Well, you could get sparkly ones. That's true. But, but like there was white. metallics was kind of different. Yeah. They'd run out very fast. That's so. my critique. Yeah. They did run out very fast. They were not cost effective, but did no. really love milky pens. When we were in um, elementary school, we had this big um, eraser war so you would make like eraser people and draw faces into them and you can put like thumbtacks or um paper clips into them as arms and legs and so you know when it was august you got to buy as many of those fuckers as you could so you could have the biggest army to fight against your friends so like red ones yeah yeah the red one any kind and then you could have what are you erasing all the time (laughs) (laughs) um wow life is exciting in an all-boys school huh (laughs) Uh, and then the little, the you know, the ones you put on top of your pencil, the tiny ones? Yeah. Those sure. are like the little minions that you could like. <laughs> oh, there was like a cast system. There was a cast system. <laughs> wow. Um, it's really hard because I love school supplies. Um, and it's still one of my favorite things in the world. I want to say planners, but they usually always provided you a planner. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. that's a very important thing in my life. Um, but college ruled uh, specifically notebooks mm-hmm. were very important. Um, very durable folders, mm-hmm. so that way they wouldn't rip. Yes. Yeah. Like, they started coming out with these, like, thicker plastic ones later on in my in my school years. Were you images? I had that shit. Or plain? Images. Images. Like, in your full image. Yeah. Images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I drifted, uh, all I drifted the toward yes. the, the just full color, but at first that was all about, like, those 90s folders that were really, like, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Lisa yeah. Frank. Yes. I wrote time. down Lisa Frank, and yes. I was like, Oh, yeah. Those yes. are great. Uh, those colors, amazing. It was between Lisa Frank and just big close-ups of cats on the folder. Mm, true. I was the kid that had to have, and this is more middle school, high school, the the same color folder with the same color notebook for each oh, subject. Totally, totally. I, had, I had to have that. I was oh, like, nice. so, yeah. so no pictures on my for folders sure. for me. I could not Question. I could not do that. Anyone else here assign subjects colors? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> okay, but like consistently the same color. Uh huh. Yep. Totally. Yeah. But it was also a thing where like there, I feel like there were certain years where it's like you bought all your school supplies, then you went to school, and they would tell you what you actually needed, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily <laughs> what you bought. Uh, but then like I'd have to like look at all my stuff and like feel the right like I don't know aura for each thing for where it was supposed to go. I think that was one of my first like spiritual experiences mm. was like picking the right school supplies for the right subject. What was science? What color was science for Green. those of you? Green. Interesting. What was yours? Purple. 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 Huh. Math was always yellow or orange. Yes. Yeah. Math was, Math was always it. yellow. Yeah, there was red. always some red. like intense yeah. bright color. Um, I feel like history was like history and English were like purple and blue. Yes. Those are my two favorite colors. That right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. History was blue. Yeah. English was green. Mm-hmm. Religion was white. Well, I didn't have. Well, a <laughs> well I didn't. <laughs> Gotta learn that catechism that I don't care about anymore. <laughs> you guys are so organized. <laughs> That's amazing. Through over the course of years, yeah, mm-hmm. wow, years, yeah. wow. So I'd get the same notebooks because once you find a good notebook, you stick with it. Yes, right. that is mm-hmm. very important. The fucking five star ones, bullshit. Those <laughs> I hated those because the 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 big ass ones and the papers would always. I, I I'm like a, a rough writer, so like I. I have a lot of pressure when I'm putting on a pen and so like the mm-hmm. papers would rip and I'm like fuck you yes yes a thousand percent in fifth grade they forced everybody to get a trapper keeper which was great at first that's like the zippers um, the zipper thing that contained everything right. but it's then amazing. once you got to like December January and you had so many papers and they were totally useless Ooh, but sometimes they had like the pen holders inside of it and stuff and like oh that that was beautiful so organized you could put like sticky notes and highlighters in there yeah I thought I was the shit by the time I got to junior year and I started using like yellow legal pads which is the worst <laughs> wow. way to take notes because the pages would fall out <laughs> it's just like who are you you're not a 35 year old lawyer <laughs> one time my mom got me a notebook that didn't have the three hole punch and I was like how dare you what am I supposed to do with this how am I supposed shit? to show my face <laughs> it's just um, social suicide <laughs> Pencil cases. I'd say pencil cases Ooh. is an underrated investment. Those are pretty yep. great. Did yeah, you have, I have like one a that was shaped like a wiener dog? Aw. Um, yeah, it was mostly like one of those canvas ones with a little like plastic window that you could see through for some mm. reason. What though. about like fun neon rulers? Or ones that had like yes. floaty animals inside of them? Yeah. No, wow. I never had. That's pretty uh, pretty upscale. Do you remember those uh, pencils that uh, had... they came in the... And you pushed them up. And you lose one and it's fucked forever. And, and they just wore out and you threw it away. What a mm-hmm. fucking waste. Yeah. They were so cool but so unpractical. Yeah. Well, Remember erasable pens and how they didn't erase? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah what a dumb idea. Scale. Which I remember when that came out and I was like, yes. <laughs> this is the technology I have been waiting for. <laughs> We've arrived. <laughs> And then it was shit because I couldn't be, I couldn't actually handle whiteout because I fucked up with whiteout all the time. Paint your nails with whiteout in class. (laughs) Oh, I didn't do that. I thought that was nasty. (laughs) Did you prefer the brush or the, or the roll? So there was also the pen. The pen was nice. But the pen exploded sometimes. Um, I fucked up with that a lot. I really liked the tape one. The tape, uh, yes. But if you like messed that up or if it pulled out or something, you were fucked. The second it's off the roll, it's ruined. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Hmm. 
School. School, man. Still want to go into Rite Aid. I love, I'm, I'm holding the pen right now, the precise V5. That is a very fine. good pen. This one's a purple one. What a good branded pen. Oh. That's Lauren R's favorite pen. Love you, Lauren R. Oh. Mm-hmm. Does she listen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She sent me pictures of uh, the new area of Michael's that is wall to wall Halloween stuff. Yay. That's 50% Ooh. off. Ooh. Already? Tis the season. You bet it is. <laughs> wow. Count for early shoppers, love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us on our uh, getting back to format with our regularly scheduled programming. Um, please be sure to follow us on Instagram. Also, please follow us on Instagram please and Facebook. God, please. Uh, we are on Twitter at Butter with That One. I posted a meme and mm-hmm. it got zero likes, so we got some work to do. Guys. <laughs> some work to do. I've like accidentally retweeted things on that account because I'm like, damn it, I wanted this to be on my personal one. Well, I get notifications that are like Chris Evans tweeted, and it's, but it says butter with that, and not Fiend Machine at Fiend Machine XL. It's my Twitter handle. I mean, it's fine if if people listen to Butter with that, they know who's posting about Chris Evans. So, <laughs> which occasionally we're tagged and stuff. Ryan always tries to tag us and stuff when I like write for Cinema Seventy Six or I'm on their podcast mm-hmm. or something. So he tries to help, but. I also like keep every time I'm on a show, I keep being like, hi, if you're listening and you have the butter with that handle, please relinquish it to us. Thank you. One day. Yeah. We're going to get enormous and then just take it from them. Mm-hmm. One of a choice. Yep. Well, anything, any plugs, shout outs? I don't know what I'm doing for horror movie night next month. Starry eyes. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Okay. I kind of want to do The Hitcher because Rucker Howard just died and that mm. movie's really good. He did uh, just die. Yeah, which mm. was sad. Um, but yeah, Cinema 76. I wrote two different things last week that are up now, which is cool. You were blowing up their Facebook page. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on a stupid project. That's a lot of fun that uh, will be published toward the end of this month or the beginning of next month. So stay tuned. I had a few people ask what it is. So the people yeah, want to know. Yeah. You don't want to give any more details? Except uh, for... If you want a hint, um, it is a music project uh, inspired by um, uh, an act or group or artist uh, who will also have an album coming out in September. Hmm. Hmm. Two shout outs I want to give real quick is to a novel idea friend misty i believe they just had their hundredth event yeah. within the past like i think they've only been open for nine months that's amazing something like that so congrats to them on their enormous success and also Alyssa arts friend of the show Alyssa, uh painted two amazing paintings that are on her page um one of a dog one of a cat so you should definitely check those out on her facebook page mm-hmm. Alyssa arts and somebody messaged her that she doesn't know to get a commission boom whoa so yeah nice. that's very exciting so lots of work coming up from that well, have a great rest of your week, folks. Be sure to tune in next week where we continue our back-to-school theme for a pretty exciting movie that I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. We'll see you after class. Can you put in a, a bell? <laughs> Ooh, oh, yes. yeah, sure. Do it, do yeah. It, do it. And, uh, the, and this is the sound now of the, uh, the crowded hallways as the class is dismissed. Yeah. You can hear that, too. You got five minutes. <laughs> yeah, everybody get to class. Come on. Yeah. Is there a way we can make it sound like the beginning of Butter With That was like a loud phone, like speaker thing, like announcement coming up? Oh, like a filter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not difficult. Mm. Well, I suppose the beginning will make more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) If you were wondering why the Butter With That theme sounded different, and if you stuck through to the very end, here's your answer for you loyal listener. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye.